Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former and roommates, they were roommates talk about a new movie every week. But this week on the show, we're talking about tropes and the impacts they have on our favorite pieces of media. I'm your host, Corbin Zavokal, and joining me as always is my fawns of a co-host, Cody Webb. It's shaken <laughs> this week, Cody. Do you recognize this voice? Hey! <laughs> that might be the best intro of all time. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great this week, man. Super excited to do this pod. Uh, I don't know, but this is just, this is something that I find honestly very interesting. So uh, yeah, call me the Fonz all you want. I'll jump for that shark. Just give me some skis, and uh, you know I'll kick it. But uh, yeah, I'm Jack to be here, man. How you doing? I am doing good, and I reiterate what you're saying. I'm very excited about this episode. It's uh, been a long time coming. Uh, so let's first this. This episode is specifically about two specific kinds of tropes uh, that pop up often in, and often in television, but also in movies and in all sorts of forms of media. But let's let's break it down a little wider. Uh, what's a trope, Cody? Can you describe that for me? <laughs> oh man, put me off on the, the dome, put you on the spot. Communications major. What is a trope? That I should know this. Uh, yeah, I mean, a trope in, in the most basic sense is just something that you know happens constantly over time in several different you know sort of media so in this sense we're talking about tv and um obviously movies is the podcast that we do you know um yeah just a trope something that may happen like it repeats itself over history a couple times and uh we're going over some of the more common ones i would say in media exactly right four years of liberal arts is that uh, a plus (laughs) i'd give it to you uh here's the official definition basically it's a common or overused theme or device pops up in literature, theater, movies, television, even music. Uh, you can have musical tropes. Yeah. Uh, basically, the, here's the facts of life. Everything's a copy. Everything's a redo. We're constantly retweeting old work. Everything is in response to other work. And that's, uh, that's what happens. Talking about you know, how we came up with this idea, I believe one, one night I was just scrolling on TikTok. And uh, I want to give a shout out to at Koth Talk, K-O-T-H-T-O-C-K. Don't really follow the person, but I saw a specific video that was talking about uh, jumping the shark and growing the beard. And I was like, this is a cool idea. Went down a little internet rabbit hole, texted Cody, hey, let's do an episode about this. And he was like, I love it. That's awesome. Let's do it. Uh, So that was sometime last year, uh, mid 2021. But uh, and here we are, Cody. Well, you know, what are some of your thoughts on, on doing this episode finally after all this time? Yeah, I mean, you say that was like last year. I mean, it was probably like a month ago. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're recording in January, so I mean, fair enough. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of taken a while to get around to it. I mean, this was just like a month ago, uh, but uh, when when you brought up the idea, obviously, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about now, but uh, yeah, dude, I'm excited. I've got some interesting, you know, TV shows and movies here that uh, I've been thinking about for a while, and I just want to talk about in general. So uh, I'm excited to do this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday, September fourth. So that's how long ago it was when September I September fourth. Oh man! All right, you got a few months on me. And you replied, "That's actually a great idea." R O F L in classic Cody fashion. So <laughs> the first great idea. I think oh. it just had. Listen, you know what? This is a weekly show. We can only do one episode a week. We got lots of great ideas on the back burner, guys. Stay True. tuned for uh, the next couple of weeks because we got a lot of fun stuff incoming. We got a lot of ideas, a lot of things. Oh, we got ideas on ideas. You don't even know what's coming. So obviously we're about to get into this, but there's something you know that can be addressed is that these things often are most common in television. And uh, I think that's kind of because, I mean, 
when you have a television series that's like seven, eight seasons, you have to start to resort to these weird plot devices or these things that are, it's really hard to stay original after seven, eight, you know, nine seasons. Um, and if you take the amount of content that is TV, I would say it's probably like greater than just like all the movies or at least like TV that's appreciated, especially in the classic like 70s, 80s TV, this shit was happening all the time. Uh, do you kind of agree with like, that's probably what, why television is, is more susceptible to these things? I mean, yeah, absolutely. TV, it's a lot easier to see these kind of tropes because they have a lot more media they're producing. I mean, I'm going to talk about a lot of shows where it was like, oh, the first couple seasons were shit, and then it really grew into something, like, actually cool. And you can name a lot, a lot of shows where it's like that, I feel like. And, uh, I mean, I'll list off a bunch. But for movies, I think it was a little bit tougher to find these tropes. But um, I think I picked out some interesting ones. But, yeah, I mean, television, just the amount of media the numbers is big, I think. So that's probably why you see more on TV. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's get into it. First thing we're going to talk about is jumping the shark. So here's my my explanation <laughs> of it for everybody. It's basically a moment when you have something in a series going for a really long time that changes in a significant manner that causes the show, the show to essentially go downhill or become worse after the fact. It can be something small, like a new gimmick being added or a new character or a change in a character, or it can be like they entirely shift the genre of the TV show. But in general, something changes. And then at that point, everyone can identify, oh, this show has been ruined forever because of this moment. So these things are not exact sciences, but you know, people can point to a specific season or a specific moment when like, hey, this character died. And from that point on, the show just got worse and ratings dropped and, and generally no one likes it. The expression originally comes from uh, the series Happy Days where uh, Fonz, played by Henry Winkler, uh, decides to, I guess, literally jump a shark on a pair of literally, jet skis. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a great clip. I watched it today. I don't know if you had a chance to check it out. Uh, there's a shark. I've, I've seen it multiple times. And great he, clip. he's on a ramp and he jumps it. Uh Fonzie was always on the show, but I kind of, from this moment on, he kind of takes on this new role of like being this like invincible superhuman, like unattainably cool character. And it, it just, people do not appreciate that. Listen, happy days, whatever. It's old as shit. No one cares about it, but it is the source of jumping the shark. Uh, do you have any thoughts? Cool yeah, any, basically. It any thoughts on that? Dude. I mean, yeah, the Fonz jumping over a shark. It's pretty, I mean, if that's not a good metaphor in television, I don't know what is. So I don't know why that, you know, episode gets some hate. But uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of just like the start of the trend where I feel like post jumping the shark happy days is, you know, globally known as pretty terrible television. So if they, they like pump out that amount of crap after such a, like a insane moment, I feel like that metaphor has got to catch on. But uh yeah, I, I don't. Know. I haven't seen much Happy Days. If I'm being too honest with you, <laughs> but uh, have you seen any post jumping the shark Happy Days there, Corin? Can't tell you I've seen any pre or post, <laughs> but it's interesting. The show went on for another like six seasons after this happened. Yeah, TV that was different in the '70s, bro. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, if they found a hit, like they would produce that for 20 years. Like I feel like it didn't matter what it was, but uh, yeah, definitely interesting. Like uh, the modern era of television. That really doesn't happen much. I mean, obviously, there are major exceptions. Sunny, Friends, but... You know, uh, some things we'll probably talk about later in this episode. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it, I mean, TV, 
if we really want to get into this like larger discussion of like what is happening with TV, um, yeah. you're essentially what's happening, you know, with things like Squid Game, The Queen's Gambit, you're taking, yeah. they're just six, seven hour movies or like five hour movies that they're splitting into a six part series. I mean, that's essentially what it is. All the Marvel shows are just long movies. <laughs> they're not putting on real tv like that's what tv's become many limited mini series yeah i guess in a sense that's true nothing that really- marvel has put out has other than maybe what if has like existed in any sort of like traditional television story arc at all like it it doesn't make any sense and it's just a long ass fucking movie yeah that's the beauty of it though, at the same time i mean you could say that about you know the snyder cut that's a television show supposedly. and that was bad <laughs> I mean, yeah. They ended up putting it together, though, so. Yeah, I mean, it's all perspective. I mean, he also made it a square, so. Well, fair enough. But, um, I mean, yeah, like Avatar 3 and 4, like, sure, those are probably seven hours long each, but if you split them up into episodes, you can call that TV, too. But, I mean, it's just whatever sort I think of just this, like, this level of television outside of things, like we said, Always Sunny, which is still going, like, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like, what tv shows are still going that are like that long there's some you know gray's anatomy (laughs) uh there's 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 popular drama shows but like it's so much more so much less rare than the sitcoms of old obviously um obviously hbo like kind of changed the way television was being made with the sopranos came out in late 1999 like here's hour-long content that people can love uh so that kind of started that trend but uh Interesting little tangent we went on there. Yeah. TV's dead. Well, the Sopranos movies. may have started it, but uh, Entourage was the peak of uh, HBO television. So uh, our content, Entourage unbeaten. Good for you. Big Jer- <laughs> Jeremy Pippen guy. I don't know what to tell you. James Cameron's Aquaman. You know what I'm talking about. Last thing, right. I'll, last thing I'll say, Jumping the Shark is not necessarily when a show just turns bad, uh, but it, it does have to have some sort of change that happens. Because you could just shows just could get shit but it's a specific character change plot development tonal change something specifically happens that you can mark as a shift as a specific moment so there should be a moment that we're saying this is when it you can identify what it is you know everything before and after uh obviously it's a gray area and it depends it ever depends on everyone's opinions oh yeah uh, but that's the beauty of it i think you know funny Jumping the Shark is a pretty controversial one when it comes to, you know, choosing these specific spots. Growing the beard, which is the other thing we're going to talk about in this episode, I think is kind of more widely accepted. Like, it's easier to choose moments that are good than it is to choose when things get bad, is what I would say. More collective agreeing. Growing the beard, though, is the opposite of Jumping the Shark. Basically, it's a definitive moment when a series begins to become just better in quality. Everything about it is more enjoyable it really comes into its own it can happen when a new writer comes on or a showrunner changes or they change directorial style or they focus on a different character or or whatever it has to be they fire a meddling executive uh it's actually originating for one of uh cody cody's favorite uh series not series but uh favorite piece of ip in star trek It's a Star Trek The Next Generation reference reference, uh, when the character of Commander Riker, played by Jonathan Frakes, ends up growing a beard. And then people, you know, identify technically he grows the beard in the second season. Uh, The third season is when things are, you know, most widely accepted to be like really good. 
Yeah. Uh, I think like the, if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes score, it goes from like a 60, 70% to like a 90% throughout the rest of the run of the series. Um, so yeah, growing the beard, it's the moment when, you know, things, a, a show really, you know, becomes an adult and it matures and, and people can appreciate for what it is. It can, and uh, it can continue to happen on. Uh, obviously like a show could grow the grow the beard in season two but then jump the shark in season seven some people may consider a specific moment both a growing the beard or a jumping the shark moment whether you like or dislike the change uh we're about to get into some of our personal picks here uh so we're gonna go through some jumping the shark ones Uh, i have some like serious ones i want to talk about and then maybe some kind of honorable mentions i know cody does as well and then we're gonna then go on to uh, talk about growing the beard so Cody, any initial thoughts about growing the beard before we start this exercise? I mean, yeah, the name, obviously, I love. I'm a big Next Generation guy. Um, you know, Star Trek in general, something I found pretty interesting. And uh, the Next Generation is, I think, definitively the best Star Trek show. It's not even close. But, um, yeah, the first couple seasons, it's a hard watch. I don't recommend those at all. Like, legitimately, I, the first time I watched it, I was like, why the hell am I wasting my time on this show? But, um, yeah, you know, Commander Riker growing the beard doesn't look like a kid. I don't know how much that has to do with it. But, um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I saw online as well the Rotten Tomato scores. I think season one's like 50 and season two's like 65 or something. And then every season after that up to 10, it's like 90. So that's the other shows, thing. Like if a show yeah. today had two seasons like of that terrible no. reviews, it's, it's not lasting. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for these type of moments to happen now. Oh, it's definitely true. And yeah, I mean, the thing is, that's kind of a tough, tough just society we live in today because the next generation is some of the best sci-fi TV all the time. Like we legit got like six, seven top tier seasons. And like, if that came out today, it probably would have gotten canceled after season one because it's fucking terrible. But uh, yeah, the growing the beard, I think it's super interesting, especially in like a TV show, uh, which I mean, we're going to talk about a bunch, but just the subtle changes that you can make to, to make a show more interesting. It, it might just be growing a beard for a character that could change the entire thing. It could be that small, honestly. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to jump into it, man. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start with the bad so that we can end on a high note at the end of the episode. Uh, nice. So we're going jumping the shark. Cody, why don't you take it away? What is your, oh. uh, what's your first piece of uh, TV or movie you want to talk about? Absolutely. Yeah, I get to lead us off. And uh, and obviously, if one of us has the same thing, we'll just talk about it together. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I have a bunch, but um, I want to start this episode, episode off with an absolute bang and talk about one of the best TV shows of all time, uh, Prison Break. You ever seen Prison Break, Corbin? Uh, no, you and Connor used to say my <laughs> dad looked like the guy from Prison Break. Yeah, that is true. But, um, oh, man, season one. Well, okay, Prison- hold up. Yeah, yeah. It's just the shark here. When I was growing up, uh, my brother had a t- an Xbox in the room and he would watch some TV. And I can tell you that around age 10, 10 11, 8, 9, like there was some prison break on. I don't know how much I saw, but like I've seen parts. So I'll, I'll okay. give you that. All right. Well, hi- I highly, highly recommend the first season to anybody who's listening out here. Uh, prison Break season one, just the characters in general. Michael Schofield, you know, you think he's a psychopath. He kind of is. Still a great character. Um, obviously you got his brother Lincoln, who's, you know, uh, likely going to be killed, uh, cause you know, he's done some not so great stuff, but, uh, just the gist is he's breaking his brother out of prison. And I'll tell you what, if this is the most badass show I've ever seen in my life, uh, go watch it and you'll agree with me. But, um, yeah, hell of a season, 
Hey, Corbin, what, what was the name of the show again? I'm prison sorry. Break. Oh, Prison Break. Do they break oh, out of okay. prison? Yeah, so after they break out of prison, what do you think they do in season two? <laughs> See, that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> That is like... I'll answer that. Not shit. They don't <laughs> do shit. Season two, wash. Okay, the my jumping in the shark moment, obviously, it's when they get out of the prison. But more specifically, the first episode of season two, they just kill off a character who was like basically the emotional uh, like resonance for Lincoln, his brother. Mm. And it, it was like his girlfriend. And she literally just gets murdered in cold blood by some nobody. We don't even know who they are. We don't care who they are. It's bullshit. I'll tell you what, man. When I was watching Prison Break, season one, blown away. Season two, I'm like, what could they possibly do? They're running away from cops. But um, I did want to talk about another season as well, which was the ultimate shark jump. It already, it, this show is so good, it jumped the shark twice. Um, so I believe it's season four or season five. And um, I think the showrunner realized they were in trouble. So they were like, hey, you know why season one was so good? And they're like, Oh, it was because it was about breaking out of a prison. So you know what they do in season five? They throw him back in a fucking prison. <laughs> and uh, it's terrible. It's got like chicken feet and, uh, you know, a bunch of gang violence. But they literally had to go back to the original core of the show because they had no idea what else to do. And it was like four or five episodes. It wasn't even a full season. And uh, it's bad. But uh, I'd still recommend it just because it's a good show. Fun characters all around. But um yeah, I just wanted to start off with a bang, like the double shark jump. I don't think I'm going to talk about anything that severe the rest of the show. So I want to start off with that. Question for you. Yeah. Would you prefer that either one, the show just ends after season one mm-hmm. or they don't break out of prison at the end? Like, how do, how do you think this is, is remedied? No, I think season one is perfect enough. I, I don't want to change anything about it. Um, I'm not too mad. They made season two or, or season three. Just when they throw him again into prison with nothing, no other characters involved other than Michael Scofield, that to me is a sign you need to stop. And um, I'll tell you, what, I think the show gets good ratings too, because I mean, they, they rebooted for like an eighth season or something a couple of years ago. And it had been off the air for like, I don't know, a decade almost, I think. So um, I think it's just a popular show. There's some lovable characters, but um, yeah, I'd probably just prefer if they just ended after season one to answer your question there. And you know, obviously the the two boys from Prison Break went and had some fun on the CW. So <laughs> not wrong there. Not. <laughs> well, fire right, and ice. I, I want to hear your first uh, jump shark shark jump here. Okay. All right. So I'll I'll get us started with one that I don't think you've seen uh, okay. either, and th- and that's a little show called uh, Bones. Any familiarity with Bones, uh, Cody? Seen a few episodes here and there, but no, I've not seen most of them. I I enjoyed Bones quite a bit growing up. It was uh you know. It's a crime drama, but a little bit more heavy on the science, which I think is something that I've really enjoyed. Uh, you got the boy, David Boreanaz, uh of uh, Buffy and Angel fame, also somebody that was pretty popular in my household growing up. And then uh, obviously sister of the new girl herself uh, in Emily Deschanel uh, <laughs> as the two leads of the show. But what I want to talk about is there's a specific character, spoiler alert to anybody if you care, which you probably don't, oh, I care. Uh, that gets murdered uh in season 10 and it's a character named lance sweets he's basically a psychologist he's played by john francis daly uh you may know him from like freaks and geeks okay essentially he wanted to leave the show because he you know was getting busy writing and directing other things hasn't really done a whole lot 
uh, you know, since then, but whatever. <laughs> uh, needed to leave the show. He's someone who actually came into the show later and was not an original cast member. So maybe his earlier entrance could be identified as a growing the beard moment. Although I think it was decent before then. Uh, but he was there in, from season three to season 10 as basically a main character. Uh, I'd say, you know, in the top five, you know, five, six build people in every episode. He's someone who brought a lot of heart to the characters. Uh, the main relationship between the two detectives, they end up a turning starting a romantic relationship later in the series uh kind of with the help of dr lance sweets and his psychological work with the pairing uh obviously there's another trope there in moonlighting a former tv show called moonlighting is when two uh, main characters finally start a relationship and then it goes bad uh, but i don't think that's what this show is about uh, i think the show stays pretty strong uh, but when Sweets brutally is like murdered in this like very like sad moment where there's like, a specific serial killer they're like trying to chase and he like tries to fight him and he, he gets killed and he's all sad about it. And it it's very depressing, but I think it loses yeah. a ton of heart after that moment. And while the final two seasons are okay, they're just, they just completely mess out on this character. So I think it's unfortunate. Wow. Took 10 seasons to jump the shark though. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, like, I personally enjoy the show a lot. I think it, it evolves in a lot of interesting ways. Relationships change. Uh, but I think that moment's just, like, it. my favorite character and just loses something that it, it never is able to get back, so. That is tough. No heart after he died. Did he uh, get stabbed or did he get shot? What happened? <laughs> he was, like, <laughs> I don't even, like, they don't exactly, I think he was shot, maybe. I don't know. He's like beat to all hell in like a parking garage oh, wow. and they like find him and he's like, uh, yeah, it's like a final. There's he's another, like there's another sad death uh, where this Australian guy gets shot by a sniper and oh. is like, I don't want to go. <laughs> That's also pretty tough. And yeah. there's a couple sad deaths, but you know. Yeah, that does sound pretty sad, honestly. But uh, yeah, Big Bones guy. I didn't even know he watched that show. Yeah, you know, I used to be in it a lot. Uh here shots fire yeah he, he basically just gets the shit bit out of him and, and dies before an ambulance can get there it's all daisy not to worry she works too much of course don't talk now sweets i fought i fought back you'd be proud <laughs> well that's tough rip uh whatever his name was the doctor oh and his wife was pregnant too or had just oh. had a baby that is tough. How did you leave that out? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I forgot about that. Yeah, his the, wife, the, the or maybe I don't think ever? they were married yet. They were in a relationship. She was oh. like, she had come and worked for uh, Emily Deschanel's character, like for Dr. Bones. And she was like one of the interns. And then they had like fallen in love, of course, across the series. And wow. yeah. Did they name him like Junior? Billy Junior, whatever his name was? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they do. I think they actually name him after Booth. I think it's like Lance Seeley. So he's like named after the main character and, and then also wow. uh, the dead doctor. So very, very <laughs> depressing. Rest in peace. What else you got for me, Cody? Sad stuff. You're making me depressed over here. All right. To, uh, let's just jump straight into the movie genre. I got a real tasty one here. I feel like this might be the obvious choice, but um, I want to talk about it because it's very, very bad. Um, so yeah, jump on the shark. I feel like for movies, it's harder. So if I'm being honest, I'm probably going to focus more on sequels or franchises here today. I will as well. I have I have one yeah. movie to talk about. 
yeah, I, I feel like it's it's kind of difficult to pick otherwise. But um, yeah, to go from one of the greatest trilogies in uh, movie mm. history to uh, a fourth film that was made out of the blue for no apparent reason. You got any idea what I'm talking about here, Corbin? Uh, is it going to be Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what a terrible title off the bat. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Say that 10 times. You can't. Um, Lucasfilm I mean, yeah. in the 2000s, brother. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. But um, the first thing that really jumps out to me about this movie is the tone. Um, I don't know what it is. It's all camp. The, th- the thing about Raiders of the Lost Ark that is so great it takes itself so seriously to the amount where you're like, okay, if it takes it any self seriously, like this movie's going to suck. And then he shoots that guy with the sword and it's, it's perfect. Like it just has the perfect mix of being uber serious, but also having like fun moments. Um, and yeah, the, the trilogy as a whole, I, I do enjoy as well. I don't know about like the greatest trilogy or all that, but uh, Indiana Jones four, I'll tell you what, man, the, I'll get to my jumping the shark moment because the build up in this movie it's interesting, at least a little bit. The characters are bad. Uh, Aliens. Yeah, that's the shark. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we go from. I have a different moment in this movie, if I'm being honest. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to talk about the aliens a little bit, and then we can jump over to you. But um, the thing, the thing that's kind of cool about the Indiana Jones movie is it does have some supernatural elements to it. Obviously, in uh, sure. Raiders of the Dark, like they get their faces melted off. Like that's not going to happen in the real world, likely. But um, to go to the ultimate lengths of it's a <laughs> I'm really trying not to cuss too much here. It's a mother effing alien ship in this temple. For no this is a new thing. You don't cuss anymore on the podcast. No yeah, you know I, I'm trying to keep it more PG out here because it's just bad. When I talk about movies I hate, I just start cussing up a storm and uh, it gets ugly. <laughs> but um, this is the ultimate shark jumping movie I think, just because it is such a good franchise and. <laughs> To throw in the introduction of aliens at the end of the movie for no reason. And Indiana Jones really has no part in the story at all. Um, like, anybody could have done this. It, it didn't need to be Indiana Jones to find some, you know, mother of an alien in this temple. I just don't buy it. In this world specifically, like, there is some supernatural elements. But I think it just takes it to the next level. And um, I did just realize what you're going to pick for uh, the other moment. Uh, obviously i forgot shia labeouf was even in this movie but um yeah you can take it away and talk a little bit more if you want to <laughs> well first of all my question uh is indiana five indiana jones five gonna like build upon anything in this movie or are we just retconning it never happened i mean i kind of hope shia labeouf's in it just because i like shia well he's LaBeouf. definitely not because i do like beat his <laughs> girlfriend <laughs> and it's also already filming it's got mad mads mickelson in it though so uh yeah you love him uh i don't know is chris pratt in it I, who's even in this movie i don't know no that's i think you're thinking of jurassic world no uh chris pratt or mario cool. and luigi and or literally any other voice acting performance it's to me chris pratt uh but yeah i'm not gonna say it likely unless the trailers are you know out of this world uh no pun intended but um is it is it coming out like next year maybe i have no idea I, it got pushed back when they pushed back all the like disney releases a couple months oh, yeah. I think it's a late 2022 release, maybe. I don't know. Uh, if Harrison Ford, you know, makes it through it. I'm surprised no he's offense, still but... wanting to make those movies. Yeah, for how old he is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, it, it, it's got to be better. Like, it can't be worse. So, yeah. my know. moment is, you know, I mean, it's he's 
inside a refrigerator and a nuclear bomb goes off. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about Shia LaBeouf swinging with monkeys. Through the no, movie. that's just bad CGI. Like, that's a sign <laughs> of the times. Like, that's yeah, not even a bad story. The refrigerator's bad, too. I forgot about that. Which that, like, became its own, like, trope of, like, yeah. a fridge and, like, a nuke <laughs> fridge. And, like, after the director was like, oh, yeah, we made our own thing. Like, I, I don't care if it's stupid. Like, <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna move on now to my movie choice, and it's gonna happen with uh, Steven Soderbergh's The Ocean trilogy. <laughs> I had this one too. No way. Right, se- well, I thought you liked this moment, so we might not be talking about uh, the same thing because I think okay. you like this movie. I'm talking about <laughs> Ocean's Twelve, and I'm talking about Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts. I hate this. This is the worst thing ever happened in a movie i think it might be one of my least favorite things ever movie's fine ocean 13 it's whatever but i think at this point it just ruins the franchise for me so essentially what happens if you don't know julie roberts plays this character in the movie and then they're like oh hey like what if we just like you know you kind of look like her we could we could use you as a distraction so basically the whole conception is that the character Julia Roberts is playing looks like like Julia Julia Roberts. Yeah. So they're going to use that to advantage. And then they run into Bruce Willis, (laughs) who's playing Bruce Willis. And he's like, oh, you're not actually Julia Roberts. Right? Essentially what happens? Yeah, that's like a half hour of the movie, too. It's a good chunk. What about Tess? What about her? Well, you know how she kind of looks like. So what? Yeah, what's your point? So we do a looky-loo. It's actually a looky-loo with a bundle of joy. A looky-loo with Tess and a bundle of joy. Yeah. You've gone right out of your tree, my son. He's mad. It's madness. Yeah, it's crazy. It's Italian television crazy, and we're still one shot. No, no, but think about it. No, she can get near the egg during daylight hours with at least half the system shut down. I mean, that's a trifecta. It's a, it's, it's a huge conception. And listen, it's a dumb story device. I trust in the great Steven Soderbergh, but it's a dumb fucking story device. There's some cussing for you, Cody. What I will say, though, is just the implications it has. Does does every other movie star in this movie not exist? Like, does Matt, George Clooney, Matt Damon, Brad Pitt, fucking Don Cheadle? Like, literally the biggest movie stars in the world. It's literally yeah. every movie star. And if they don't exist, how did Julie Roberts, like Julie Roberts has been in plenty of movies with these people. So like half her career is gone if you take these people. So does Matt Damon just like, you think he could have used that to his advantage instead of his pickpocketing? I mean, I don't understand. It's beyond me. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. It, it ruins the movie for me, and I think it ruins the next one too a little bit. But it definitely ruins this movie. Yeah, I back that hundred um, percent. Ocean's Twelve was on my list. I fucking hate this movie. I don't know where you heard that. I like this movie. I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna mention the same thing. I did have another, uh, you know, sort of jumping the shark moment that I also hate equally as much. Uh, when they killed South African. I mean, not not when they kill. I'm sorry. When they when they put South African Don Cheadle in loads of shit, and he's just walking around smelling like shit. <laughs> That's early on in the movie. That's when I was like, "What the? What, what am I watching?" That's fair. Ocean's Twelve. I don't know why, but it's so so bad. Soderbergh. He must have just written the script himself and like had no notes from anybody else because it's the most meta, like just like in his own head sort of thing where he's like, "Oh." I made Ocean's Eleven. I can write anything with these characters, and it's gonna be good. But um, yeah, oh man, I hate that movie. Ocean's Thirteen, I actually kind of like, sort of a return to form with with Al Pacino. But um, 
Oh man, yeah, this was on my list. Funny enough, so that's funny. We both thought of the Oceans franchise when when jumping the shark. But um, yeah, I did have another um television show that I I felt pretty strongly about. So to let's hear it. Segue yeah, to that one beautifully. Um, this was the show that I first mentioned to Corbin when we brought up, the mm. and it is of course the iconic Stranger Things. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I might be a Stranger Things lover. I feel like it's it's pretty, pretty well like show, but it's definitely one of my personal favorites. And um, you know, similar to Prison Break, my God, season one is a masterpiece. Go, go, yeah, that's right. You better run. She's our friend, and she's crazy. You come back here, she'll kill you. You hear me? She'll kill you, you son of bitches. I've probably seen it like four or five times. It's that good. It's that rewatchable. Uh, the characters are, are that interesting. Two and a half years since we last got a Stranger Things episode, Cody. How's it feel? I know. It's been a while. I'm excited for the next season. But uh, the season that I want to talk about and the shark jump specifically I want to talk about, it's actually the opening for season two. And um, <laughs> I'm not sure if people like this or not, but I really don't. So the opening, the cold open for the entire season is just this girl and her punk punk uh, robber group i don't even know what to call them but um they're not a band but they dress like a band and they basically just rob people for no reason but um yeah basically the short version is she's 11 sister and she has powers blah 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 um but then they go seven episodes without seeing these characters again <laughs> and then for no reason at all they have an entire hour episode of just these characters at 11 doing the same fucking shit in the opening scene where they just rob everybody, they're assholes, they dress like people from the 80s who everybody fucking hates. And yeah, it's some of the worst television out there. Um, if you watch season two of Stranger Things, I will legit just skip that episode because it doesn't add anything to the entirety of the story. But um, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie to you as well. Season two and season three of Stranger, Stranger Things, not great. Not great at all. Um, they're enjoyable, they're fun, but they're not season one. Season one is actually like on a different level storytelling. It actually has a script and it's trying to say something. Season two and three, it's fun, you know, Dungeons and Dragons stuff, but I'm hoping season four is a return, but I'll tell you what, man, it's hard to come back when you jump a shark that big. Uh, so uh, yeah, Stranger Things, <laughs> what, what, are you th- what are your thoughts on that? Man? Stranger Things suffered from a problem that uh, I think beguiled the latest trilogy of Star Wars movies and that they made the first one with no plan for anything after that, you know, they made uh, the force awakens, but they didn't have the other two, you know, the character arcs or anything figured out. They made season one of stranger things, but they didn't necessarily, who knew it was going to be a hit, right? Who knew they had to pump out two, three, four seasons with this, like, we'll answer all these questions about 11 and the Russians and whatever. They just didn't know what they were doing. They made season one. They had no idea. And here we are, you know, two seasons later, it's not too bad. They're, they're doing better than, you know, I probably could. Yeah, but I don't know. It's not the best. <laughs> I definitely back that. I mean, yeah, I just think uh, I believe it's the Duffer Brothers who uh, yes created it. You're 100 right. They had no idea where they were going. I mean, they were just pulling basically things from everywhere in that first season. Obviously, a lot of Stephen King, a little bit of ET, um, sort of just everything and, and mix it up and throw it together, and somehow it's hell of a season. It was uh, the the perfect amalgamation of like you know the 80s nostalgia with middle america and sci-fi background 
throw in some fantasy with the Dungeons and Dragons and like make it about the Cold War kind of like yeah perfect it is a hell of a mix but um I really do think they missed the mark on the next couple seasons specifically with obviously the uh the punk band but still a good show not not like a a Fonzie actually jumping the shark but um just a drop off in, in quality severely I would say so yeah that was like the first thing I thought of when when coming up with these uh ideas though and I don't know. I just really want to talk about Stranger Things. So. And now all the kids are like 30 years old, so yeah. they can't make another season. After. I don't know what they're going to do. They have to do a time jump. They look like... They got to be in like high school by now. Dude, they're like 19, 20. <laughs> like Caleb McLaughlin is legitimately, I think, 18. Yeah. He's 20. They're getting up there. They were playing like 12-year-olds, were they not? Oh, yeah. Season one, they're like 10. They're pretty young. R.I.P. Sean Aston. That's all I got. Yeah. He I also well, they killed him off for no reason. That was bullshit. Uh I'll take I'll move on to uh another TV one for me. Uh-huh. Uh I don't think it's a TV show you've seen. It Scrubs. You ever been a Scrubs guy? No, nah, not a big Scrubs guy. Uh well, you know, actually, funny enough, uh <clears throat> there is a moment in the eighth season, which is the the last season where the main character, uh played by Zach Braff dons a beard for the entirety of the season that's new oh yeah my girlfriend gave me a watch do you give a crap or are you just hoping that by pointing out something new of mine i'll segue the conversation into talking about something new of yours like your new prepubescent miami vice beard there are those who say i look like a young kenny loggins who me uh and it's it's kind of this meta reference to like growing the beard and like the yeah. show does kind of come like fully back into its own after a couple dull seasons and it's, it's revitalized it's it's really fun uh the the fantasies are more outlandish you know it, whatever it's a great season but then the whole thing is he was saying he was leaving at the end of season eight uh he does leave and then they were going to end the show after that but yeah. then somewhere 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 in the depths of hollywood somewhere they decided to make a ninth season of scrubs and it's probably some of the worst television ever put out cody oh uh do you know anything about this at all no i don't never heard about this okay i'm excited so scrubs is basically you know it follows you know donald Faison uh and in zach braff and whatever that other chick's name, Sarah Chalk, uh, as they go from basically interns to full-fledged doctors and, you know, story arcs. And it, it's a great comedy mixed with great moments of drama. When Zach Braff decides he's leaving the show, they basically make it that he's moving away because he has this child that like lives with its mother in like a couple hours away. So he decides to move and that's like him leaving the hospital and they decide to end just in the series at season eight. But then they come back in season nine and they set it in a med school with like all new characters. And it's like a soft reboot. But then like Zach Braff and Sarah Chalk come back for the first episode and like the second one and the third one. But then they're not there for the rest of the season. And then like John C. McGinley shows up for like a couple episodes and he's like the teacher at the med school and Donald Faison's there for a couple of like the characters pop up, but they like the, the main setting is about this like new girl that's a med student. And it is a bad choice. Everyone hates it. People would say it doesn't even exist as a season of the TV show. It, it's something completely different. And it's just really, honestly, quite awful. So, <laughs> yeah, it sounds very, very strange. Uh, 
especially for like a last season of a show or if you're that it's so weird because i remember like at the time i kind of was watching the show it was also like 2009 i think um i was i was young but i was i was aware of the show like ending and i never watched because scrubs also like switched tv networks like three times when it was on air like at one Mm -hmm. point it was on like nbc and another point was on abc like you know it moved around had did had a little bit of turmoil but this final season that aired they're like oh jd's leaving they're ending the show it ends in may season eight but then in december of the same year he's like back on the first episode of season nine and is there for like three episodes it's it's weird you can watch it on hulu uh but i would recommend just skipping the ninth season the the season finale of season eight is fantastic like really good like it ends on such a good note well it doesn't leave anything open-ended it's it wraps things up really nicely and then they added another season it's it's very strange that's tough yeah <laughs> well I, I am interested to know like why they even did that honestly like obviously money but i think and i think they were hoping that it could you know continue on i think the, the idea is get the original characters in there for the first season and then like continue it on maybe beyond like with all these new characters only uh, but people just hated it so much that it did not do you know <laughs> did not do another season yeah. after that so been off are tough to do man uh i guess they just wanted to backdoor pilot it a little bit but it's still pretty dumb i agree completely uh what else you got cody you got anything else you want to talk about with jumping the shark i have a couple honorable mentions that we could brush through quickly but yeah i, I have some honorable mentions too i'll talk about pretty quickly but um i just feel like any mainstream sitcom just doesn't know when to stop um For sure. yeah obviously is the office i mean after michael scott leaves like what what's the point of the show good finale though um you know some people say that the office is mm -hmm. when jim and pam get married they think that's when things officially start going downhill and then michael leaving is just you know of a symptom beyond that but they some people identify the jim and pam wedding as like this is when things end that's interesting because it's what you know it's kind of what the whole series builds to a little bit i guess for some people is it 100 is yeah, that would have been a like, good ending, but I think it is Michael's show still. I, I really enjoy his last couple seasons there, if I'm being honest. People hate on Scott's Tots. I love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, after he's gone, it's a, it's a joke of a show. Um, but yeah, obviously, I, I think- uh, obviously, Steve Carell leaving the show has the impact, but I think the thing that really ruined it and didn't give it a chance is the way they handled Andy's character. Uh following following his departure and everything that happens with nelly and robert Cal- like all that stuff robert california is that's the shark right there bad solutions all he's, the fucking, he's the lizard king bro i will not be blackmailed by some ineffectual privileged effete soft penis debutante you want to start a street fight with me bring it on but you're going to be surprised by how ugly it gets you don't even know my real name i'm the lizard king what the fuck is that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah another sitcom obviously friends uh not my most beloved but they have a clear shark jump when uh joey and rachel are put together as you know love interests that's a fucking joke dude Uh, i'm sorry but uh anything after those episodes like come on the barbados episodes come on embarrassing um and then uh, another obvious one that 70s show i mean topher grace literally left the show and they still did a last season you can't do that. Uh, I'm sorry. You really can't. Like the whole, the whole arc. That's pretty of, bad. Yeah, the whole arc of his character as well was that he was staying home, blah blah blah, for you know whatever her name and 
Fred was sick, blah, blah, blah. He's got to stay home. And then he's just gone. Because fuck it. He's not even going to college, is he? I, I don't know what he's doing. He's just got a job or something. But they wrote him out in the worst way possible as well. And they bring in, uh, what's his name, Seth Green. And it wasn't even, Seth Green was already there. They just brought him in more role. There was some other guy. I don't even know his fucking name. But uh, he came in too, so we replaced him. But that's probably as bad as it gets for, for Shark Jumping, I would say. Because you can't just write out Topher Grace out of his own show and, and still do it. Just shut down the damn show, you fucking idiots. But, uh, yeah, that's my spiel on, on sitcoms. Uh, I got a couple uh, other ones I want to mention. The show Lost, I think for everyone, probably like if you ever watch the show, there's a moment in every season that you could point to as like, oh, when they open the vault, things get shitty. Or like when this, like the show, it just happens like every season. There's some shit that happens that just makes the show bad, but some people love it. So controversial one. Uh, Arrested Development. I think the first original three seasons of that show are fantastic. Uh, It's kind of a different thing because when you do like a reboot several years later, I think that's already like, difficult to reattain like the same energy but the reboot that they did on netflix um i think now if you go back and watch it you can't even watch it in its original released form so when they originally released it they the way they told the stories i believe was like they stuck with one character per episode and it it, like followed them around and then like the stories kind of weave together but all the storylines were shit so it was stupid yeah now they like have gotten rid of that cut of the show even and like now it's like a redux version where it's like recut like the original show in like a traditional linear storyline um which is probably better but i don't even care enough to to watch that and i definitely didn't watch the season they did after that so just you know coming back a few years later but it's just not the same also uh the main guy apparently was a huge asshole on the show so not not jason bateman the old guy jeffrey tambor is his name oh yeah so, yeah, uh, that tough. that new Netflix season they did was unwatchable. I couldn't even get through it. It was so bad. Some and first was, three seasons, some of my favorite TV all oh, time. King of so Callbacks, cool. Arrest Development, Hidden Jokes, uh, Michael Sarah, beautiful, love him. Portia Duras, <laughs> uh, and Jason Bateman, Will Arnett. Come on. What about the blue guy? <laughs> He's my favorite. I do like uh, I do like Tobias. Tobias is great. I can't remember who plays him though. So he is an a now rapist though. You know, <laughs> David Cross, the uh, David the Cross, legend, legend of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, we should know his name honestly because he's actually pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, he's he was an Alvin and the Chipmunks with My Name Is Earl guy. Yeah, I know he's in like every Alvin and the Chipmunks movie. I think. Yeah, he's he's their like producer. He's their well, he's <laughs> the bad guy. Industry. <laughs> he does it all, doesn't he? Uh, he my final that. one is not a movie or TV thing, but. I, Mm-hmm. I want to dip into music for a, a slight moment. And while this is this is technically more less about like it's it's about a discography. Listen, Can't I used to be no no well, that was bad too. <laughs> the big day, terrible. But I want to talk more specific because we haven't seen the long, you know, lasting ramifications of that. Right, it's the last right. major thing he put out. There could be a potential return. I want to talk about someone who I used to love, uh, is, and that's logic. Uh oh. dude came out with two amazing first albums, debut and mm-hmm. sophomore albums, like pretty like critically well acclaimed was a great artist then uh everybody came out i don't mind that record as a whole but i think it's a pivotal turning point in the kind of music he began making after that and his like appearance beyond became very corny yeah. uh so yeah i'm gonna say logic's discography the incredible true story and under pressure fantastic albums but i want to point to uh 
there's probably some specific lines on everybody that I can't repeat uh, that you could identify. <laughs> there's just some some weird things he says on that album. Uh, great concept. I, I do like I enjoy some of the songs on there, but album as a whole, I think just career downhill from that point on. So falling about just do a rap battle with him. Listen, he's a talented guy. Uh, <laughs> I I respect him, but I think he should uh, stop being so corny. <laughs> Fair enough. My honorable mention for music got to be Kanye. What, what was that? A uh, Jesus album he did? Jesus is called? the King. Oh wait, no, yeah, that's that the Zach Fox. That Jesus is. All right, be Betty White. She ain't dead, but when she does die, and then she did die like a year later. So not that crazy, but. Actually, actually, you know that song, Cody? Yeah. <laughs> About the Thousand Island dressing. Hell yeah, praise Jesus Christ, nigga. Free Palestine, free TK. It's the trap game. Abraham Lincoln, four score and 16 bars ago. R.I.P. Betty White. She ain't dead before when she died, because I know it's coming up. Oh, kitty. Hey, look. We're going to talk about growing the beard now. <laughs> uh, Cody, take it away. What's your first growing the beard moment? Absolutely. I got a few here, uh, sort of dispersed around in different types of shows and uh, movies. But uh, the first one I want to talk about for a little bit is, I think, a super underrated show. I don't, I don't think you've seen it. It's uh, Shit's Creek. Have you seen that show? Mm. I know Mina's a big fan, but I, I have not checked it out. Yeah, actually, some decent television. Big apothecary is- people. Sure, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a big Canadian show, and um, it was on Netflix. I don't even know if it is anymore. But the first couple seasons, eh, they're decent. They're, they're nothing great. Um, basically, the, the simple premise of it is uh, they're rich people. and Then they stop their, being rich, right? Yeah. I mean, basically, just all their money gets stolen by, like, their accountant and stuff. So they have to go live in this town that they bought as a joke for, uh, like, their son's birthday. And it's called Shit's Creek. That's why they bought it. So, you know, it's named that but uh yeah so they own the town so basically that's the only place that they can go to live because they have no money and um yeah the first couple seasons are decent basically it's just them being assholes to everybody in the town which you know i enjoy because i'm an asshole as well but in general i'd say it's not great tv um but once you hit like the end of season two going on to season three there's a specific moment where there's like a barn party which i mean that's nothing new conceptually but it's actually a hell of an episode. It's one of my personal favorites, just like probably you know, a single episodes that you can name out in the grand scheme of things. And um, I don't know, man, you just got to go watch the scene. It's just like sort of the camaraderie and the actual like, oh, these people actually care about each other. Super sick. Uh, the daughter specifically, her name's Alexis. She's a she's a major asshole. I mean, it's probably up there with the, the best of them. But um, they give her a heart in season three. They give her, you know, in actual, you know, motives and what is she trying to do with her life and uh, her relationship starts to make sense. She was dating a guy in the first couple seasons. He gets written out because, you know, he's just not a good character. They bring in somebody new. And yeah, shit's great. It's a great show, man. If I'm being honest, there's like, I think there's only like six seasons total. So they stopped it. They didn't want to jump. And I don't think they did. The finale is great. And um, just in general, I'd say, you know, the first couple, you did have to grow in a little bit there. And they do make a couple character changes here and there. And the barn episode's great just because it's just like, it's uh, to explain the scene a little bit more, basically they're all just like stoned at this party. And I don't know, the, the camera work, the sequence, uh, the music is all great. I'm a sucker for a music scene, if you can't tell. Mm. But um, 
yeah, have learned great. that. Yeah, shit's great. Good show. Definitely check it out. Yeah, I like Dan Levy a lot. Uh, he's yeah. in that holiday movie. So, yeah, Eugene Levy too. The Levy combo is a good one. Beautiful. Uh, my first pick also in TV, and it's going to be uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. So I think there's a pretty obvious pick here. It's the Mark Brandanowitz leaves the show. Chris and Ben enter the show is, is really the moment. Rip uh, Brandanowitz, dude. What a you know, he's not too bad. He kind of sucks as a person in general, but he, he has a little bit of a redeeming. I mean, he has a decent little character arc in the first season. Yeah. Uh, so good for him. And then obviously you, you get Trish, Chris Traeger and Ben Wyatt that come in. Ben Wyatt playing a serious love interest for Leslie Nope, which, uh, you know, is something that, you know, the show doesn't need, but was was pretty pivotal for her character development, having that person who's maybe equally as crazy her a little bit uh, and, and could have some fun. Uh, I think around that time, you also kind of get the April-Andy relationship start to butt out as well. Uh, things really just take a, a, a more positive turn. I, I think the way the government's portrayed in the show is a lot more interesting after this point um, when you have them coming in with all like their monetary issues. And it it just, I think sitcoms always kind of become better after the first season they need that first season to find their voice i think a lot of the examples that we may talk about upcoming you know the office always sunny like it's after that first season where things get really good and it's similar for parks and rec it's you need a season what do people respond to how these characters work together and uh being able to bring in and replace people it it works really well yeah I, i definitely back that that was definitely on my short list um i think the the parody between Parks and Rec in the office is quite astonishing, honestly, because the first season for both, the main characters, they're more annoying than mm. relatable and likable. That's super evident, obviously, in the office. But I think Leslie Nope as well, that first season, you know, kind of annoying. <laughs> just not for a sure. great character. Definitely more well. Like, she's just like, in the first season, she's like obsessed with Mark. Like, that's her, that's her character. They took, but, like, made her really annoying and then, like, made us... Like we basically see the world through like Mark's eyes, yeah. And then it's they like, bring in like Ben to like, and it it, it let, loosens her up a little bit. And like, she doesn't seem so crazy when we see the world from like that character's perspective. Yeah. I think because he's a little comedy, wacky. Yeah, cringe comedy. I don't think it's a good mix in sitcoms, and that's sort of what I think season one of The Office and Parks and Rec sort of went for. Just like this guy, this person's so unlikable. Like you're cringing at them, and they don't have any redeeming qualities really that you can see in, on the outside. But um, yeah, definitely a good pick. I will jump over to movies as well here. And um, there's a couple obvious ones. My obvious one is, is Fast Five, obviously. Oh, this uh, is on my list as well. <laughs> so I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but I mean, yeah, like this is as obvious as it gets for, for this trope. The first four movies are, you know, okay. The first one's, eh, it's, it's okay. Second one's shit. Third one's shit. Fourth one's shit. And then just a fucking absolute gold mine just locked in at number five for no reason i've talked about this movie a bunch i mean uh, the ocean's 11 bringing in the rock i mean gal gadot you, you can't get much better in this movie for action and um i won't bore you too much longer but i did want to talk about another movie well uh, hold up i got something to say about fast five, oh, okay so. go for it fast, um, five. fast five is on my list as well as, as things yeah. i want to talk about um the thing that i think makes it stand out is these movies now are not very good but i would say yeah. like six and seven are decent like they go on a decent little yeah. run, five, six, I like seven. seven. I like seven. Eight, nine, Hobbs and Shaw, not great. Uh, yeah. but it's it's the moment in Fast Five where they're like, okay, this just doesn't need to be real life anymore. And it, it happens like in the 
first major car chase scene of the movie like some insane <laughs> shit happens and yeah. it's like okay so physics don't exist which the they'd ball. always been a little shaky in previous movies but this one especially physics don't exist and it's a bank heist and it's the perfect uh, mix of everything that they need at that point so i agree completely and, fast and five this is brazil this is brazil absolutely change the scenery get i mean the rock you could also his little weird goatee could be the beard that they needed a little bit that's true and then they lost him (laughs) have you seen the latest updates on that drama cody i saw that vin diesel was like begging the rock to come back to the last one but he he like made an instagram post where he's like you are part of my family my kids see you as a father paul would want us to finish this come back brother come back my brother and then Vin Diesel and then The Rock was like I thought it was really shitty how he just like didn't message me privately and like called me out on public on Instagram and I will not come back for any movies did he really oh man that's tough I think he should come back dude why not play nice for one more movie I yeah I think it would be I mean do it for the fans I guess but Vin Diesel is ployed and now (laughs) shouldn't have gone to the Instagram but uh yeah come on Rock dude they're gonna give you like a billion bucks anyway just do it yeah, you, but, and uh, Groot, you and Groot can work it out. <laughs> the Iron Giant, actually. But, uh, <laughs> you, want me, you want me to go on my other one? Or you want yeah, to- go ahead. Are you sure? You can go. No, I'm done with Fast Five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, my other one, uh, the growing the beer in the movies is, is tough. And uh, I wanted to talk about one of my favorite franchises. And uh, we're finally going to some comic book genre here. And uh, I want to talk about the X-Men franchise so interested to see where this goes yeah it's been a little jumpy so uh obviously the first two they're of their time you know i love the second movie i'll say it oh x2 x2 beautiful nightcrawler oh so good yeah best best variation we'll ever see on that uh opening uh white house scene but uh yeah obviously obviously we get a major shark jump for x x the three the last stand which i won't go into because i really don't want to talk about it but um, i mean gene gray just kills everyone yeah, fair enough. I mean, she is crazy, but uh, well, not Wolverine. Uh, but yeah, also, they do a really cool thing, I think, in the next movie of just a clean reboot. X Men Origins? Um, no, I, I forgot that it even existed, but uh, <laughs> we don't talk about that. Wolverine movies don't count either. Um, but yeah, basically, I don't think there's ever been a clean reboot other than Star Trek 09. Uh, but I mean, just bringing in such good characters, such good actors, Jennifer Lawrence, freaking uh, James McAvoy. I, I don't know why his name was like the Fastbender. Three top. Kevin two. Bacon. Kevin Bacon. He should have lived. He should have saw him, uh, Days of Future Past. But uh, the movie I do want to talk about is Days of Future Past. What's the last thing you remember? You're going to have to do for me what I once did for you. You'll need me as well. Side by side to end this war. I do think the growing of the beard over time led to the best X-Men movie we're ever going to get. And that is Days of Future Past. So just basically just growing, X1's decent, X2's good. You know, what? after that, who cares? And then you reboot the exact same characters in the franchise. You grow those even more, and it leads to Days of Future Past 
a sick crossover. And then also in the middle of it, you've been growing Hugh Jackman in every single movie. So he can be the titular character to connect everyone. I think it's sick. I think uh, just the direction in general. And obviously the X-Men, just their timeline is fucked up. So to actually make a movie that sort of makes sense and to grow that beard to the point, um, just of that opening of Days of Future Past, where you have Iceman, you have Storm, you have Old Magneto fighting these Sentinels, and then it goes straight into the 80s where Mystique is like on the run. I think that's insane storytelling, just from the perspective of you've had six or so movies before this. And I think like that is the end game of the X-Men franchise. I, I'll go out on a limb and say Days of Future Past is that good, where the connection of all those characters leads to such like a satisfying conclusion, in my opinion. But um, yeah, I'm a big X-Men guy. Days of Future Past, I'm a fan, dude. Go watch that shit. I'm, I'm very worried about the future of the X-Men and the MCU. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, uh, I mean, they got to recast everybody. That's a thing. And um, listen, I, feel like they... I, I don't want to say anything, but I've, I've seen some things that seem to indicate that they will not be doing that. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe like uh, some cameos in Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, Multiverse of Madness, bro. They're going to bring in every, uh, every formal character that's ever been on a TV screen with a Marvel property attached to it, it seems like. <laughs> the um, thing is, who will, forward to it. who will actually come back? Fast Brenner and McCoy, sure. Jennifer Lawrence is not going. Well, no, but you know, maybe uh, maybe Sophie Turner. I don't know. We'll see. I I like Sophie Turner. I mean, those young guys didn't really get a chance. I mean, honestly. Here's my question: What's the? How long does the beard last after Future Past? When does it? Oh, it's ended. (laughs) Apocalypse. Like as soon as the credits start rolling. Yeah, before even the end credits. I mean, you obviously you have Logan, which does come after. Yes, but you get Apocalypse in between there, and then Dark Phoenix afterwards, and then New Mutants, and I mean, you get some Deadpool movies in there, but they don't really apply. I mean, that's just like Wolverine's story, just the the general story of the X Men. I think it's dead after after this movie. I mean, Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix are both terrible, terrible movies that um, you know, I don't I don't personally want to ever see again, and that it's got to be pretty bad if if they're on like that the Last Stand level, I think. Um, but yeah, it is sad. I mean. Sort of a thought I have about the MCU is where do you go after Endgame? I don't know. MCU, their latest stuff hasn't been like amazing, if I'm being blatantly honest. Their answer has been just more content than humanly possible. <laughs> Which I don't mind. I mean, I'm never going to play about that. But I mean, other than No Way Home, like where do they go after this? I don't know. And that's, that's what the X-Men had to do. They said, oh, we made a shit ton of money, but we kind of ended all of our arcs. And, um, that's when you start making bad movies. So, yeah. MCU is on a slippery slope right now. And uh, we'll think, see. Yeah. We'll see where they end up here at the end of this 2022. It's going to be a very interesting year for them, I think. Imagine the MCU crashing and burning, dude. Like, I don't hope that happens, but imagine the day it does. That's hey, man, insane. maybe DC, they got a couple things coming out that maybe Batgirl is going to really hit. I mean, the Batman <laughs> is going to probably be good. Uh, I don't yeah. know when Aquaman 2 is coming out. But I think it's soon. And Black Adam, I mean... The Flash, Zam my too soon. The Flash, there's, there's some decent DC EU properties. I back it. I've always been. I like DC. Why not? I just I'm don't like DC. Zack Snyder. So, <laughs> but he's gone. So I think he's done making movies. Finally, <laughs> he's definitely not done making movies. Uh mine is a film series that uh has recently re-entered the zeitgeist slightly. 
uh, as is the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter, of uh, the first movie of Harry Potter. And I'm going to say that it's growing the beer movie moment in the movie series is with Prisoner of Axaban, the third movie. Yeah. Uh, it was actually, I, I did watch the reunion special. Um, my Harry Potter feelings are mixed. I'm not a huge fan of J.K. Rowling or, uh, you know, I don't know, the, the, the latest Harry Potter works in Fantastic Beasts. Um, but I, I enjoyed Harry Potter growing up quite a bit. And my family is, are, are big fans, my sister especially. Uh, but for me, Alfonso Cuaron comes in, directs Prisoner of Azkaban. I think it's the most like well-made movie of all of them in general. It has the most interesting plot. Uh, and tonally is just a complete shift from the two previous movies. Something that they really focused on in the reunion that I thought I really did enjoy was they had all four of the series directors come back and talk about how like, hey, like they had Chris Columbus do the first yeah. movie and he's good with working with kids and he can bring this bright, happy, like, because they were kind of children's books. The first two were, you know, yeah. there's obviously a big lizard that is scary in the second one, but they're still for <laughs> kids, right? Um, Prisoner of Azkaban, you, you get Sirius Black that comes in, uh, played by Gary Oldman, who's a little bit more frightening. There's the werewolves and the Dementors, which are just scary, scary, dark creatures. Uh, and I think that's when it really finds its footing. And, you know, it's the first movie that doesn't have Voldemort as the main villain, but it's the last one that does too. And it, from that moment on, it, it becomes an all much darker story. Uh, you get the Batman himself dying in the next movie. Uh, and you know, no one's safe after that. Rest in peace, Cedric Diggory. My boy, my boy. <laughs> my boy, my boy. But no, I think Alfonso Caron uh, directing Prisoner of Azkaban really brought that series. Uh, put it down the right path. And uh, the, the directors afterwards um, were able to you know, continue on. But I guess it's never a harm when you, you know, get a, a future Oscar uh, winner to direct one of your movies, I guess, right? So it's true. You know, uh, I've only seen two Harry Potter movies, if I'm being honest. And uh, it's The Prisoner Azkaban and The Goblet of Fire. So um, I definitely back what you're saying. I, I think The Prisoner Azkaban is a, is a very good movie. And, um, you know, I feel like it is the quintessential actually growing the beard because just how much even you were saying like the tone and the storylines change from those first two movies to the next two. I think it's super interesting. And obviously, you know, it has to do with, with growing up and those themes as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely back that. Yeah. Also, when you get that movie, the the Dumbledore switch. So the first two movies, yeah. there's a different Dumbledore. And then they R. bring in the, yeah, R.I.P. Richard Harris. Uh, they bring in a, a new actor to play Dumbledore and he's from the third to the last movie. So it's a little bit more cohesive there. You know, some people say they have different opinions on him, but uh, yeah. Who plays Dumbledore? Ian McKellen? Michael something. <laughs> I feel like I should know that guy's name, but I just don't. You know Listen, not the rough cut retrospective just did a Harry Potter episode, so it is is oh, recent. I, but it's crazy that uh, the amount know. of like old English actors that were just like in these movies, like you know what I'm saying? Like these esteemed English actors, like Gary Oldman, oh, yeah. like Kenneth Branagh, like and stuff. like what's that girl's name? Maggie Smith. Maggie That's, Smith. She's a hell of an actor. His yeah. name is Michael Gambon, is who plays Dumbledore. <laughs> I would have never guessed that. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, just a I mean, lot of... Yeah. I mean, Alan Rickman. Yeah, that's the name, Alan Rickman. All right, Ralph Fiennes. Rafe. 
Olivia Coleman. Not <laughs> Olivia, Olivia Coleman. <laughs> Olivia, what's her name? Olivia Coleman. <laughs> Not Olivia I Coleman. I don't know, dude. I can't name Harry Potter. Emma Thompson is what I was trying oh, to Emma say. Oh, Emma Thompson. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Harry Potter. But you you're not a fan. You've never seen him. You hate him. So. No, I, I just never got into it. I don't know. I feel like it's different. It's just like a, if you if you get into it, like you just really it's have very to millennial it. bullshit. So I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like I don't have enough time. That's fair enough. Weird. I just don't want to get into it. Do you have uh, any more growing the beard moments you want to talk about? Yeah, I have one more, and it's sort of the best of both worlds, I would say. Okay. So I'll just go into it. Uh, it's a it's a little TV show. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called uh, The Walking Dead. Mm. You ever heard of that one? I have seen a couple seasons of it. All right, what seasons have you seen? Mm. <laughs> Three, four, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Well, that's the general. The first couple. Of what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, um, walking is it dead, when, uh, when his wife dies? Oh, wait. Growing the beard. Uh, I don't know. No, that, was, that was my favorite scene. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, when Lori dies, that's actually, it's, that's a good changing point. It gets better. But, uh, that's not specifically what I'm talking about here. Um, the Walking Dead, it's got a conundrum because I feel like the first half of the first season is decent. Like it's got a good, good pilot, but after that, it's kind of just all right. And um, it's growing along for a season or two, and then I, I believe you get to like season three, and they're stuck on this barn for like half a season. There's nothing going on. It's literally some of the most boring television. And I've I've like, seen this. This is when he gets like shot, right? His kid. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So the gist of it, basic poker said, like the kid gets shot. I don't even remember. Yeah, in general, the fucking barn season, terrible, terrible shit. And um, but yeah, we're still growing along here. So that's not my jump jump moment. We're growing. We're growing. We get to um, season four, and some shit really starts kicking in. You know, Carl's there. He's saying, Carl. And then basically they just get a band together and they're going around. However, after that season, they jump it for the first time. And I'll tell you what, I said earlier, there was a double jump. We got another double jump here. I don't even know. What, when was the grow moment? My, my notes are fucked. Who's still listening at this moment? The Walking <laughs> Dead, it was good for like a season. We all know when that. did they grow the beard, Cody? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do they walk around on fucking railroad tracks for days in episodes? It's when Michonne shows up, basically, whenever that is. Oh, Denai Guri, yeah. Love her. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Um, but basically, I should have just talked about some jumping the shark, I guess, because it's more about that. But um, You said it was a little both. Yeah, it is a little bit of both, because it's actually good television there for, for a good season or two, and I was actually pretty into it, which is surprising how bad that show is. Um, but yeah, the obvious first one is they fake kill Glenn. Did you, did you see the episode, Gorgon? No, but I read about that online when I was doing oh some research God. for this episode. What an abomination of an episode. Maybe I have seen it, actually. I don't know. They end up really killing him later, right? So, Well, that's the second jump. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so they fake kill him, which is all fine and well. But Glenn, he is the quintessential character on this show. I mean, he's my favorite. Obviously, you have Daryl. Do you still watch The Walking Dead? Fuck no. I, I stopped watching it. After they jump the shark twice. Well, it's yeah, still fit- on. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. I, I I probably missed like five or six seasons by now. But um, yeah, that's the first jump. And then, dude, it's like four or five episodes later, Negan shows up, 
and he bashes Glenn's skull to the ground. And um, I'll tell you what, I never watched an episode after that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a Walking Dead fanboy, but you can't kill Glenn off like that. They oh, they tried to do it once with with him under like some fucking garbage garbage can or something, garbage container, whatever it's called. And they do it again fucking like six episodes later. That's fucking bullshit. All right? Glenn deserves better. He deserves somewhat of a happy ending, I think, just because of all he went through in that show. And uh, yeah, but I mean, the growing aspect of it, I don't have a specific moment, which is probably my bad, but I mean, just the phenomenon that show became, I think. Uh, the first couple seasons, like I said, slow. And then I think their viewership just went up insane. AMC, they do a weird thing. I mean, the Breaking Bad is is in this category as well, where the first couple seasons are kind of slow, viewership's not great, and then something happens with their ratings, and they just get jacked the fuck up, and it becomes, like, the biggest show on TV. So, um, definitely props to, like, the showrunners and everything. It actually is pretty good TV, but um, you do that to Glenn, like, you're losing probably half your audience, I would say, and I was definitely one of them. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Fuck it. Walking Dead, you know, little shark, little double shark jump, but they did grow out something pretty good. So props to him. Okay, because Steven Yeun was able to go on and do better things after leaving The Walking Dead. So it, it gave him opportunities to do like better things. Go be Oscar nominated. Go show up yeah. in Space Jam: New Legacy for five minutes. Get a paycheck. I mean, we're proud. I, of him. <laughs> I gotta check out Space Jam: New Legacy now. No, man. you shouldn't. Steven you really shouldn't. Don't. Yeah, Steven Yeun's in it. I gotta watch it. I don't know. I think he sits next to Sarah Silverman. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> I got a couple of honorable mentions. I want to mention. Uh, obviously. The Office, everyone, you know, season two. Basically, Steve Carell doesn't grow a beard, but he grows his hairline back. Uh, and good for him because the show becomes a lot more endearing. He's not just a straight asshole. It's not a, you know, rip off of the British show. It, it becomes its own thing. Yeah. Always sitting in Philadelphia. What were you saying? On the Office real quick. I'm sorry. Season one, obviously not great. Season two, I think it is my favorite season. I really do. I love season two of The Office. I think there's good. Ep- I, I like some of the episodes in season one. I just don't think it's as good. Um, but yeah, I still think it's good yeah. either way. But I think other than the basketball episodes, it's pretty mid tier. But um, season two, amazing. I, I've seen that countless times. But uh, yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, a show you've been really into recently. Yeah. Uh, obviously, season two, you get introduced. Danny DeVito comes into the show, yeah. uh, getting Frank being a part of the gang, I think really fleshes it out. <laughs> they needed that weird troll man to, <laughs> to continue their, their mischievous uh, pranks. And hell, here they are, like, what, 16, 17 seasons later? With that anteater nose, you're telling me I'm ugly? You want the baby boy's hole? You gotta pay the troll toll. You gotta pay the troll toll to get in. Play it subtle, all right? Subtle? Yeah. Frank, play it subtle. Hello! You think there's some perv coming in here to watch me make? They stuck us all together. My roommate was a frog kid. You ever see a frog kid? Still going strong. Um, Also, around that time, I think the first season, D's kind of just like, she's a little bit more normal. And then season two, like, she's just as crazy as the rest of them. She's just as manic as as everybody (laughs) else, um, which is also very necessary. They don't need any straight men beyond, like, the coffee yeah. shop lady like they everyone has to be <laughs> terrible insane. The waitress yeah <laughs> great show great show but uh yeah without without uh danny view in it it's probably not the same 
no definitely not definitely not uh the dark knight i mean yeah you want to talk about a trilogy batman begins decent dark knight perfect culmination of a superhero movie uh avatar the last Bender. personally i think when they bring toff on i think that's when the show really gets good uh season one's great it's a lot more kiddish it, it grows up a little bit in season two you also get a better zuko storyline where him and iroh are kind of exiled uh yeah. from the fire nation which then causes like his eventual character arc and you know spoiler character turn uh in the third and final season and then toff is just like the best thing to happen to the show in my opinion she's my favorite character uh lots of fun jokes she can bend metal (laughs) yeah zuko uh best character in my book that guy's badass last honorable mention i have new girl uh i think when winston gets weird is when things get better (laughs) winston starts out as a just like a former Lithuanian basketball player, which is like weird because he's not athletic and like not tall. And like yeah. the whole joke is that he was a bad basketball player, but somehow he still played in Lithuania. But they also like played outside downhill with like goats. Uh, <laughs> but eventually he becomes a weird cat guy with like bird shirts. And I, th- I think the show is uh, better after that point. So I don't know what season it starts to happen, but when they let just Winston just be weird. There we go. Yeah. That's true. I like when they brought Coach back too. I think that's that's also great, very good. Big growing the beard moment. But uh, yeah, I'm a fan of Weird Winston. Did you have any others you wanted to mention? Uh not particularly. Actually, yeah, I think I, you know, sewed all the eggs in my basket here. Uh, went through all my notes. You know, not in not in the correct order according to Gordon, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much touched on everything I wanted to. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know uh, your favorite growing the beard jump of the shark moment we're going to take a quick commercial break and then we're going to be back with a fun game called oh. trope or nope <laughs> we'll be right back. and we're back with this new game that i invested called trope or nope Whoa. Co- cody obviously we talked about jumping the shark and growing the beard in this episode today i think yep. in the future i'd love to discuss some more movie tropes maybe do a deep dive uh, but That's i do a little bit of my own deep dive on uh like tvtropes.org and listen, okay. there are thousands of these things and they're named yeah. different things and they exist. And here's the thing. You're going to, I'm going to give you a trope. You're going to tell me whether it's a trope or it's a nope. Did I make it up? Or is this a real thing that has, has popped up? Um, I'm not going to tell you what it means. I'm just going to give you the title. And then if it's correct, I'll give you some examples and uh, what it is. First one. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Is aliens of London a trope or nope? <laughs> aliens of london oh man these are the communication passes i mean classes uh paying off here the aliens of london maybe you can like try and figure out what it might mean oh i am yeah, trust me my, my mind's racing right now i mean i feel like the aliens of something is one i feel like you just threw london in uh it is the first one so i feel like you're just gonna bullshit off the bat I'm going to say that's a, what is it, trope or nope? I'm going to say nope. It is a trope. Bullshit. It's when aliens have an especially familiar accent. So an example would be like Guardians of the Galaxy where the Ravengers are all like Southerners or the in the original Star Wars, all the high Imperial people are voiced by English people. So it's, it's when I these like foreign people have some sort of familiar accent to uh, to identify them. Next one up. A Russian doctor. 
The Russian doctor. Are there Russian doctors? I mean, obviously these aren't all literal, so they have different meanings and shit. But uh, are there Russian doctors? Fucking nope. That is a made up. That is a nope. One for two. One for two. Too easy. Running Australia. Running Australia. Hmm. Would you go back to back nopes? I think you would. You're playing nope. too many head games. Nope. <laughs> okay, what, what could running Australia mean? You're, you're not running through Australia. It's got to be something specific to running, but that's not has to do with Australia. Well, maybe, you know, there was a person who became a government official in Australia. Oh, Schwarzenegger? Nope. That's my final That was California. He's from Austria. And he yeah, became no governor shit. of California. So it has nothing to do uh, with Australia. And it's not even a TV trope, Cody. So I said no. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Two for three. You're a god. All right. Next trope is snake talk. <laughs> snake talk. What are they? Hissing at each other? Uh what would that what could that be a trope of? Hmm. Snake dog. I can't even think of what that could possibly mean. But um, I'm going to say it's a trope because it sounds legit. If it's got a good name, I feel like it's, it's legit. So I'll go I'll go trope. You don't think I can come up with good names? No, not really. Well, it is a trope. Yeah, uh, snake talk is kind of obvious. It's when a snake or a snake-like character has an accent that overemphasizes the S sounds. Uh, nice. And it's also snakes with three S's, but I didn't want to spell it for you. So it's snake talk. Oh, gotcha. Snake talk. <laughs> uh, examples, you know, going back to Harry Potter, Lord Voldemort, the whole parcel tongue thing that they do in Harry Potter, that's all snake talk. So a lot of S's. I like that one too. Next one I'm hitting, hitting you with. You ready? Yeah. Have I mentioned I am gay? Is this a t- trope <laughs> or nope? <laughs> well, it's a very straightforward trope of this one. Um, have I mentioned that I'm gay? I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably just like people coming out of the closet after a couple seasons of, you know, no mention of it at all, just trying to be woke. So it sounds legit. I'll say that's a trope. It is a trope. You didn't get it quite correct. Uh, okay. Essentially what it is, is it's when a character just keeps saying they're gay, but they never uh, like have any on-screen relationship or that makes sense. There, there's nothing that would indicate that on screen. Like they don't, you know, a man doesn't have a boyfriend on screen. There's no kissing. Like he just said, Oh, I'm gay. My personal example is uh, the movie set it up. Pete Davidson plays a gay character who literally just the whole movie's like, Oh, I'm gay. Like, <laughs> that's like it he's like oh yeah there's a dude in my bed last night like that's his whole thing and it's just like okay yeah that does happen a lot i feel like honestly but uh yeah i sniffed out the trope too easy impromptu campfire cookout oh that's gotta be a trope cheaper by the dozen too come on all day absolutely it's a character who responds to any event with a fire by just deciding they gotta cook food over it so uh i got spongebob it's uh patrick is caveman they start a fire over squidward's body and they decide to cook over it <laughs> all right you're doing pretty good i only missed one so far so uh I told you these communication classes don't miss dude. five for six five for six 
Uh, can we sweep out the last uh, four left? Four left. Uh, four, four, four. Mayberry fish. Mayberry fish. What the fuck? What do you mean Mayberry? How do you spell that? Like two words or one word? Like the uh, the town from uh, the, that that old TV show. <laughs> what the big fish or whatever? What's that movie called? What's that movie called? Big fish. Big right. fish. I'm talking about the Andy Griffith show. They're set in the town of Mayberry. A uh, Mayberry fish. Uh, it, it sounds like too stupid for you to make that up. So I'll say trope. Nope. <laughs> Five percent made that up. I don't know. It's an old TV. It's an old TV show. So they make tropes. That's how they. That's how they start from Why characters. Why did you come up with that? Because I was thinking about. <laughs> I was thinking about the show. You are a weirdo, dude. <laughs> it's a classic, dude. Mayberry. Come on. Cousin Oliver. Yeah, that is from the fucking Andy Griffith show. You think I'm stupid or something? <laughs> <laughs> this is not from the Andy Griffith show. Oh, it's not? Cousin yeah, Oliver. Fucking Oliver in the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> well, that's, well, it seems like you're a bigger fan than me then. This is not what that's from, though. All right, you I still think told- it's a trope? Yeah. Is it a trope? Trope. It is a trope. Yeah. It's from the Brady Bunch. It's when they oh, add yeah. an inexplicable kid, like just yeah. this little kid shows up. So they brought in Cousin Oliver uh, to, to relate to similar or to younger demographics. Uh, you know, they in, in Fairly Odd Parents, they introduced a baby, Fairly Odd Parent named Poof, Cousin Oliver. Boom. Seen it. Cast the expert. Cast the expert. I, I'm taking these too literal. I mean, does that mean like you're actually casting somebody who knows what they're talking about? Like Stranger Things, they got probably a science teacher for the science teacher role. I'm gonna say fucking nope. It is a trope, and you you were right. It's if you get someone really? who's who works in the profession to play the character. Uh, my example number one, Macho Man Randy Savage. He plays a wrestler in the first Spider-Man. They cast <laughs> the expert right there. A fun, a fun detail actually about uh, Don't Look Up. I don't know if you saw this, but they actually got. You might have said this to me. I don't fucking remember. But they Leonardo DiCaprio is is actually an uh, astronomer. No, for when uh, when Leo was doing the writing the equations for that movie, obviously they had to get somebody who did that. And like this guy was fucking jacked about it. It was just some like some random scientist, but he got like a picture and it was all framed up and he was super excited. But I feel like you just never think about that when people are like doing some math shit or some science and you're like who's actually writing that it's like some actual like professors and geniuses and stuff so yeah good trope right. that one. so you've missed three now six for oh, nine cool. six for nine <laughs> can, can you finish out the last one here and get a c lost button <laughs> fuck off lost button mm. I think we're going to end it on a, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> well, this one was a trope. The one before, I don't remember. I'm going to say trope. Nope. Fuck. Six out of ten. <laughs> Bad day for Cody on the trivia. Damn. I was going to say, I was going to pull out C's get degrees too, but D's definitely do not. So that's the. Ah, uh, you might have to transfer to uh, an online college, Cody. <laughs> Ivy Tech. <laughs> fucking button uh, i should have said fucking no that was an easy one hey brother it was a 50 50 chance and you got six out of ten so think about, think about that <laughs>
You could have just did, guessed yes. and done just yeah. about as well. What do you That's, think I've been doing this entire time? Yeah. <laughs> that is our discussion <laughs> on tropes. Cody, as we end every episode, what have you been into? What have you been watching? What are your recommendations? Anything you talked about today that you want to recommend? What do you got for me? Yeah, you know, uh, pretty much everything I've been talking about based off what I was saying, you know, recommend it, don't recommend it. But uh, what I've been watching recently, I've been continuing uh, Daredevil season two, which is uh, much, much worse than I remembered it. Um, the first like three or four episodes are very good with the Punisher. And then you just get into Electra, and um, it's bad, just straight up, it's bad. But uh, season three is great, season one's great. Half season two is pretty good, so I'll take it. And then, uh, yeah, other than that, I ha- I actually um, subscribed to HBO Max this week. Oh, okay. Uh, big news, yeah. Uh, get me in the HBO scene. Lots of good movies over there. Yeah, I was actually planning. I I brought up the the Snyder Cut earlier. I'm actually planning planning on uh, breaking it up and trying to watch it here soon. But um, the main reason, well, not the main reason. One of the main reasons why I got HBO Max was because there was horrific news on Twitter and Instagram that uh, the Impractical Jokers are breaking up. And um, Oh, we haven't talked about that. That's old news, but... It is old news. You but, okay? Uh, really hit me in the heart this week. Joe Gatto, you know, he's going through some stuff. Hopefully this is just like a punishment. Um, that's what I'm holding out hope for, that it's just like, oh, here's the, your punishment. You have to act like you and your wife broke up and you're quitting the show for a couple months. But... Um, <laughs> I don't think that's what's going on. It's pretty sad, honestly, just because it is such a long running show and I feel like they shouldn't do it without him. But uh, yeah, basically I've just been been watching those uh, early seasons, which are much different from their later stuff, but uh, still definitely enjoyable. But um, yeah, Impractical Jokers, Rip, and um, Joe Gatto, if you're listening, you know, reach out, my guy. We we can talk things out. We can get you back on the show. That was a beautiful uh, moment you just had there. I really hopefully... uh for your sake that joe can work it out yeah don't get emotional but yeah those are my recs for the week uh i didn't watch shit this week i'm gonna be honest so i'm gonna try to binge a few movies this week catch up yeah uh for me i didn't watch a whole lot first week of classes just kind of get reacclimated to the schedule figuring things out but that's true um silver linings playbook for the very first time that's I'd, right i saw that what's going on with j-law and bradley cooper had to check it out um Movie's okay. Really great performances, oh, though. Bradley Cooper running around in a trash bag. What a legend. But I don't know. It's just, it's an okay storyline. Oh, that movie's so good. Definitely uh, four and a half star for me there. I gave it four. I mean, I, I think the performances are great. I think that it's funny, the the J-Law, Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro trio with David O. Russell. They stuck around for a couple movies. Oh, We're hanging Chris out. Tucker. There you go. Chris Tucker as well. Didn't even know that. I haven't seen any of them. So. Oh, you didn't know that was Chris Tucker? No, no, no. I thought you were saying he was in other movies with Oh, them. No. no. I was talking about Silver Lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying he was in other things. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Because um, they went, like, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, like, yeah. American Hustle, yeah. directed what? by the same person who did Silver Lines Playbook. Joy, directed by the same person. Uh, They're both in it. Bradley Cooper's in Joy? I didn't even know that. Yeah, uh, I think Robert De Niro also is in Joy. I was just seeing that today. I was like, oh, this is really weird. Like three of them. That is strange. Doesn't he doesn't have either of them have big, very big roles, but they're they're like the second and third built people beyond. 
you know, I mean, they have, yeah, yeah that so David O. Russell, he was just he loved making movies with them for a little bit there. I don't know what was going on. Made three basically with the two of them, and uh, yeah, so I checked that out. Uh, also, uh, Midnight in Paris which is a uh, Woody Allen movie. You know, that's a complicated thing in itself. Uh, we don't need to talk about Woody Allen, but, you know. Oh, awesome joint, right? Married his stepdaughter, so. Yeah. Uh, or I guess his adopted daughter, not a stepdaughter. That makes it better, yeah. I think it makes it probably worse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. This was the movie with Tom Hiddleston in it, right? Yeah, he plays... F. Scott Fitzgerald, Tom Hiddleston yeah. does, but basically it's it's like a time travel movie. It's okay. It's not. It's, okay. it's, yeah, it's all right. You know, I'm not a big fan. Very angsty. We get it. Very. Oh, art is art. Paris very, is Paris is wonderful. Very like, writer writerish. Yeah, yeah writer. Wes Anderson people will probably love that shit too. Like Woody Allen. Fuck fuck that pretentious shit. Whatever. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is I Love You Man. A little Paul Rudd, uh, Jason Segel joint. Hey, bro, Jason Siegel, he gets me again. I don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, he plays just absolutely insane characters every time he's on screen. Uh, is how I met the his how I met your mother character is probably his most sane, and he's still kind of a psycho. Uh, also, Rashida Jones, and just like a a huge cast of just like there's a ton of comedic people. I mean, it's one of those comedies from 2009, but like John Favreau, J.K. Simmons, Andy Samberg, Lou Ferrigno. Nick Kroll, Aziz Ansari, uh, Jamie Presley. It's just people that pop up in all these comedy movies. Just everybody's in this film for just a little bit. Um, and I think it's just, it's 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 basically a rom-com, but with two dudes is like the whole premise. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but I think it turns the genre on its head a little bit. And it's a pretty fun film. So give it a little four star. I like it a lot. Pretty smart. Jason, Jason Siegel, mad underrated. Yeah, dude. movie? Come on absolutely and then he you know uh forgetting sarah marshall i i think that's a really great movie as well i love that movie oh yeah he also was singing with puppets in that movie puppets, so. yeah the vampire puppets yeah he's just good with puppets what can you say man? yeah he's i respect it he's a man with puppets. he also showed his dick in his that movie a lot which was <laughs> he did in forgetting sarah marshall yeah that's what i'm talking about forgetting sarah marshall oh uh, I thought and there's like those you can find like the interviews where like mila kunis is like yeah. he only made this movie so he could show people his penis um fair enough i mean that's some good stuff right there that's good press there's no bad press <laughs> no bad penis press and join us next week for our forgetting sheriff marshall talk <laughs> i'm done it's no. my pick right? uh well it technically i don't yeah. know i won't pick it anymore you didn't, you didn't look at the google doc so you won't know i did look at the google doc it says my pick okay okay it's your pick congratulations <laughs> we'll see you next week with whatever cody picks do you have any ideas uh no i'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> i don't know should i do a fun one or a serious one i don't know man we're uh, reaching the end of the season two only a couple episodes left so yeah, dude. gotta make my picks worth it then this is your last pick with these categories what it's my last pick of the season yeah oh, and i feel like i gotta do the prestige now or it could be what you open season three with. That is a good opening. I'll I'll put some some deep thought into it. But uh, right. yeah, nobody's just... listening anymore. This is basically I just start planning <laughs> our next couple podcasts. So <laughs> come check us out, regardless. Stay capping. love you guys. We'll see you. Uh, see you next week. Peace. Thanks.